I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 41 of the Cantobite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? Pretty good. Tired, but that, 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 that's normal now. <laughs> uh, how's your week been? Oh, it's been okay. Pretty uneventful, but nothing too much going on. How about you? Yeah, same. Uh, finished finals. I'm done for uh, like three weeks and then go back into it. Yay! But I have a conundrum. Okay. So my brain doesn't like to stop thinking. And I decided against this, but my brain is still like, I don't know, I don't know. So I was planning on graduating in the in the in the like in the fall so you know i get everything done don't have to worry about in the spring when i have to go to celebration but um i was looking at like the form because you have to fill out a form to graduate and it's horseshit that you have to pay money to like apply to graduate but uh, anyways it was like i think like 50 to 75 bucks but you know they have the option for like your major then your minor and i was like oh yeah i could get a minor maybe (laughs) so I you know, just like looked at the minor requirements um, from San Diego State, and I found out that I only need two more sociology classes to get a minor in sociology. No. I know. <laughs> and I'm just like, do I want this, or do I want this to just add this to my degree? So I'm yeah. kind of going back and forth right now. I'm more on the no right now because I've been having a lot of sleepless nights where it's like, okay, well, I can do this or that, or I can take one more class during the summer, then take one more class during the fall. But that means I'd be taking sick classes during the fall and I have to go to campus more often. It's hard because I live far away from campus and driving and that's awful. So I've been really uh, struggling with that thought, but uh, it's something that I'll probably figure out. I mean, like, I don't even think I want to do it. Like, I'm not even, like, the biggest, like, sociology person. Like, I honestly think I'm just doing it just to, like, add, you know, just stuff to my degree. I mean, like, that's a shitty yeah. thought, so. Well, but I don't know from, like, I just don't know how much weight people give to minors. Exactly. So, I don't know. Like, I'll figure it out. I think, like, I'm leaning towards no now. Like, at first, I was like, yeah, okay. But, like, you know, I was looking at classes, and I was just thinking, I'm like, I'm done. Like, I've been in college for so long now. Like, I was I was a really bad college student in, like, the very beginning. And then somehow now it's like I'm getting, like, A's and B's. But I'm just done. Like, I just want to get my major and go and just figure out what's next for me. But I'm honestly afraid that, I'll be done with school and be like, okay, now what, you know? And like, 
try to make myself be like, oh, well, maybe grad school, but I don't know. I doubt it, but you never know. But yeah, I mean, it is, it's definitely a lot of work. I know, which is something that I, uh, probably done with, but I don't know. We'll see. But, um, week was good. Everything. Yeah. It's good. Oh yeah. Everyone. I'm on the Sith list this week. Check it out. It's funny. And it's always a good time with those guys. Yeah, they're great. They are. I always have a blast on that show. Oh, my God. And they're all just so funny, too. Like, Arash is hilarious. Like, we had to re-record the beginning of the episode because I was laughing when he was just like, Welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. But, yeah, definitely check it out. Well, if you listen to us, you probably listen to them, too, because they're one of my favorite podcasts. So... Yeah, but if you don't, you should check them out because they do, like, all of pop culture, basically. Yeah. It's really good. And then it's like they try to, like, you know, get to know you, like, what you're into, and then they, like, talk about that, too, and it's really great. It is. But, holy shit, we have a lot of, not a lot of news, but, like, it's big, big chunks of news. Yeah, let's see. We uh, there was the the solo premiere, which a lot of our podcasting friends went to, which is really fucking awesome. Uh, like Jason and Amanda from making Star Wars were there. Steel was there. Some other people went to. Like it looked like everybody had a really good time. I know it was great. Like looking at everyone on the red carpet. Who do you think was the best dressed there? Well, I mean, there's only one possible option, and and that's Glover. Yeah, Donald Glover. Well, Billy D. Williams also looked amazing. Yeah. For me, it's a three-way tie between Donald Glover, Amelia Clark, and Amanda Ward. <laughs> <laughs> they all looked amazing. <laughs> Amanda's dress was so pretty. God, I saw that picture of her, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I just got so happy. Like, I'm so into red carpet fashion or just fashion in general. And just seeing people, like, dressed up for an event and especially seeing my friends dressed up for, like, an event this, like, big to us. Like, I was just freaking out. Like, when I saw the picture of Steele and his wife, like, my just heart, my heart melted. And the man and Jason, my heart melted. And just everyone there, it just made me so happy. Yeah, and I'm glad that people get opportunities to do that. That's really cool. I know. That must have been so fun to, like, see everyone. Like, but Harrison Ford. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. I mean, yeah, I'm not, it's not, like, shocking that Harrison Ford wasn't there. Um, You know, there was a while ago, because a while ago there was some interview where somebody asked him if he was going to go see the new movie, and he just sort of laughed and was like, no. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. He kept to his word. It was one of those things that, like, I didn't realize he wasn't there until someone said something. Well, I just never even considered the possibility that he would go. Well, have you seen that video of him surprising Alden in an interview? Yeah, that was really cool. That was like, that was, was that Entertainment Weekly? Yeah. Or Entertainment Tonight? One of the entertainments. I think it was Entertainment Tonight. 
But they were, yeah, they were doing a, an interview with with Alden, and they had Harrison there as a surprise. It's just cute. That's really cool, and that's it's nice that he agreed to do that. I know I've already heard what he's had to say about the movie, but um, I am completely spoiler free now. I realize after the premiere and after what like the little things that I heard, like. I've been putting a bunch of mute words on my timeline. I didn't think I would get this like spoiler phobic for Solo at like the end game, probably because I've been hearing so many good reviews, which is like almost not scaring me, but I'm like, shit. It's gonna be a well, good movie. Because a lot of those views have mentioned that there's some really cool surprises. Oh, so I know. That, that scares me. I, I sort of wish this premiere hadn't been so far ahead. Like, two weeks is a long time. I uh, know. I'm happy that the next couple weeks are going to be, like, very busy for me so that I will focus on this less. Because I'm getting to the point where it's, like, I'm starting to get a little bit of my, like, pre-Star Wars excitement before a movie. And that turns into, like, happiness and then anxiety and then I can't sleep the night before and then that turns into me texting people being like what if this movie's bad what's gonna happen and then them being like Brittany go to fuck to sleep like Star Wars you'll be fine but no like I don't I don't wanna like I was who was I I was I talked to everyone about this like I I don't want to go into this movie being really excited and being like, this is going to be a great Star Wars movie. And then like being disappointed at the end. Like I just, I want to continue having no expectations for this movie, but it's really hard when I keep hearing just so many wonderful things, but no, it's wonderful. Like I really want this movie to be great, but I'm just like, shit, I'm probably going to be surprised. Yeah. I mean, I hope I like it and I think there's a good chance that I will. So We'll see soon. But Emily, there there was a special guest at this premiere. Was there? There, he he was very special. Not not just to me, but he was very special. (sighs) Ewan McGregor was there. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what that means? Well, it doesn't mean shit that a Star Wars actor was at a Star Wars premiere. But he was the special guest. Why else would he be there? But he didn't have the beard, too. But my theory is... Okay. Long story short, there's there's rumors that production started on Obi-Wan Kenobi film. But I think that he's, he just got rid of the beard so that they regrow it and, like... Because you can, like, do things to beards. I don't know. I'm not... I, I don't know. I don't. I don't have knowledge in beard beards. I don't. I didn't take uh, the beard one hundred and one course. But why else would he be there? Cause it's a Star Wars movie. Yeah, but he didn't go to any of the other ones, and he wasn't a special guest at any of the other ones. Well, look, look. I'm not saying there's not going to be an Obi Wan movie. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that is ridiculous to use as proof when <laughs> actors not involved in the franchise are at premieres for movies all the time. Yeah, but they were saying that he That's was a special we... guest. <laughs> but that doesn't mean shit. I guess. But... There's no special guest at a premiere. I'm. It's just not a thing. He was there, like everybody else was there. <laughs> 
but he was special to me. No I'm kidding. But seriously, I don't know though. Like it from that was a nice thing to wake up to. Like I woke up to oh solo premiere and oh yeah Obi Wan. I woke. I think Rusty was like, "Do you hear about Obi Wan?" I'm like, "Oh my god, it's happening." But critical me too is thinking, "Well, what can they do with an old dude on the sand?" But at the same time, it's Ewan McGregor, and I'm signed up already. But yeah, what was it? It was a. Uh, Fanthatrax uh, revealed it. Yeah, they they say they have a somebody, um, a source, pretty like insider, who who confirmed a bunch of stuff hmm. about production happening um, next year. So, I mean, we'll see. Like again, I'm not gonna be shocked if they're doing an Obi Wan movie because yeah. it like makes sense as a movie to do, and we've heard rumors about it forever. Like, yeah. I'd prefer not another character movie next, but whatever. I'm also just not going to get too excited about anything until they actually announce it. Yeah, I don't know. I just get really excited because, uh, I don't know, Obi-Wan's, like, one of my all-time favorite characters. Like, I've always, you know, as a kid, like, that's always been, like, my Star Wars character, you know? Like, I would get most excited seeing him on the screen and everything, so... I'm really, like, you know, like, a lot of people with, like, how they feel about, like, Han Solo, you know, or, like, mm-hmm. the Solo, you know, or, like, seeing, like, Chewbacca or seeing, like, different characters. Like, I'm just, I don't know. Like, and if this actually happens, I'm going to uh, be very excited, but still critical, you know, obviously, because what do you do with old dude in the dirt on Tatooine? He has to stay on Tatooine, though. Like, you can't fucking leave. Well, yeah, that's my that's my main concern. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man, I can't wait. I, think I just like I don't I don't know if Star Wars is willing to make that movie. I mean, not like not willing to make an Obi Wan movie, but not willing to make a movie that's just set on one planet. I mean, I. You never know. Like, you know, Star Wars always talks about, like, taking risks. And, like, even though they say they take risks and they do the same shit every time. I almost feel like in this movie they would by just having it, like, be on one planet. Or, you know, having a character stay on that one planet and then having other things going on in the galaxy or something like that. I mean, um... I don't want to say that maybe, like, this isn't just a solo Obi-Wan movie. Like, it'll just be events and Obi-Wan will be in it. But... That the chances are that this is going to be an Obi Wan film, from you know from the stuff that we've been hearing. So, um, you know the only questions are like how how many years after Revenge of the Sith will this be in, and or how many years uh, how many years after Revenge of the Sith will this movie uh, take place, and um, if they're because I've been hearing people say that. Well, no, I've not really been hearing people say, but just like the possibility of them not doing Ewan McGregor, but that's stupid. I would, I mean, I'd support it. Like I support the decisions, but I mean, I feel like you would have to have Ewan do it. Well, certainly if you're having him post Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. like I don't know how you do it without Ewan. Well, who knows? <sighs> God yawn attacks um who knows like uh maybe they would do it like a couple years before um 
A New Hope. Like, maybe they do it closer to that. But I don't know. Star Wars lately has been really into that, like, five or four years before um, A New Hope because of Rebels. And then, like, Rogue One was, like, five minutes before <laughs> A New Hope. But... Yeah, I'm just so... T- like, I just want something new. Like, I want a new time period. And I'm fine with them, like like coming back to this time period like a couple movies down the line but just give me give me something different for right now this sounds crazy but what if there's an obi-wan cameo in solo boo (laughs) you would hate it i wouldn't hate it but i just I don't know, that's, like, again, like, the one thing I'm super worried about is them, like, overdoing it on the cameos. Mm. Was Rogue One pushing it for you? There's a couple things that push it in, in, in Rogue One for me. I mean, I don't I don't mind it, but I think it'd be better off without it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's not enough to ruin the movie for me. But it also... When it gets too winky, like, elbow nudge, like, hey, look at what we're doing, then it sort of takes me out of the movie. Yeah, that's fair. Now, Solo apparently has some super deep cuts in it. Like, there's some stuff that, like, references, like, old EU stuff and shit like that. And most of that's probably going to go over my head, which I'm fine with. I think because I was... Not super educated in the, in the EU, but I I uh, would read the databanks on StarWars.com like every now and then, like from 2004 through 2009 or 10, whenever StarWars.com changed their layout. Because they used to, fuck, they used to have like um kind of what like Wikipedia is now. Like StarWars.com used to have that. Oh, okay. And it was not as informative as Wikipedia is now, but I almost feel like Wikipedia is more of, you know, the fans are able to put information in. Like, I feel like on StarWars.com, the databanks were, like, actual, like, information from Lucasfilm. I don't know, though, because I haven't heard anyone talk about, like, the that yet. So if anyone knows what I'm talking about, email me, please. Or email, not email me, email the podcast. <laughs> but I don't know, like... God, stuff from the EU, a lot of surprises. I don't want to be spoiled for any surprises. Like, that would make me really sad. So, everyone, please shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Everyone be kind and shit. But have you started muting stuff on Twitter? No, I probably will, like, this week. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. I know, like, God, I was really worried that they were having all the press or the, you know, red carpet premiere so soon, or so, like, like, two weeks before the movie. Like, that's just so, I don't know, that's why I was like, I don't know, because, like, usually it's, like, those movies that don't do well in the box office are just, are like, now let's just do it, like, two weeks before that are like, I don't know, like, for instance, like, Infinity War did the red carpet premiere, like, at least a week before the movie came out and like same with like the last Jedi was like that Saturday or Sunday before I believe. Yeah. Something like that. But, but who knows? 
Um, the other stuff that came out of the soap premiere was a interview that John Favreau did with one of the guys from Nerdist. Um, because of course John Favreau is running the uh, the live action show that's going to be on the streaming service. Um, and we know a couple things about it now. It is seven years after the Battle of Yavin, so that is like a, a couple years post Return of the Jedi. Um, he says it's going to be new characters, which I was sort of assuming for a live action show. And they would be using cutting edge technology similar to the tech used in the Jungle Book live action movie. Fuck. So I'm. I'm hoping that part means that we get some really cool, like, aliens that are may hopefully, like, main characters. I agree. Like, it's time for Star Wars to have main characters not be humans. Yeah, I mean, all right, look, obviously the most important thing in terms of what I want to see is a diverse cast. Mm -hmm. But... Secondary to that, I also, I don't know, I, I feel like for how amazing their alien design is and how amazing their, like, effects workshop and their makeup artists are, we don't have any, like, main, main characters who are aliens in the, in the live action stuff anyway. Yeah. I almost think that's weird. Like forty years of Star Wars, and there's no like, you know, they, the, you know, they have like main characters and like, not main characters, but I mean like the Battlefront um, game, and then we have you know Rebels and Clone Wars, where we have like a lot of reoccurring characters be um, different species. But it's, I don't know why Star Wars has hesitated with that. <clears throat> it's very strange, because I mean, other sci-fi shows and movies have had that for you know decades um like star trek had major alien characters yeah sometimes it was just somebody with like spots on their face but it was still like something to look at and shows like babylon 5 where like half of your main characters were aliens um farscape had goddamn puppets and you you can build characters that still, like, people sympathize with. I mean, obviously, everybody loves Chewbacca. Of course. Like, put him front and center. Or, or like, looking at the cartoons. Like, Ahsoka and Hera. There's the really, like, popular characters. I think it's a... That, that oh, you sorry, could go. Do. I'm sorry. I'm just saying, like, you could do it on screen. Like, there's no reason not to do it. I almost think it's a George thing, and I feel like people are afraid of that George didn't do it, so like they're afraid not to or to do it. If that like makes sense, like I don't know, I don't know like why else they wouldn't. I don't know why anyone else has not asked these questions either. Like you know how you know for press junkets and everything, you know they answer questions about oh like what are you gonna do next, and they say oh I can't kill Herbert to die. Like I'm interested that. Or if, like, why anyone, or if anyone has ever asked, like, when will you include a cast or a diverse cast or a cast filled with non-human species? You know? Yeah. 
because that would be great. But seven years post Battle of Yavin. Okay. I mean, it's not my favorite era of Star Wars, but <laughs> I I think that's a I don't know. I feel like that's like a lot of people's favorite era of Star Wars is the original trilogy. But I I think you could find some like interesting stories to tell here in terms of like what's going on with the Republic and and sort of how you recover the galaxy from like going from this you know this totalitarian government and then you know years and years of war to the new government taking over and you know maybe maybe even like start getting into like the first stuff of what will eventually become the first order yeah I don't know. I'm just, you know, we're already getting the Star Wars Resistance series that's going to be before um, The Force Awakens. I just, uh, I personally would have wanted something else, only like, you know, before The Phantom Menace or like many years before. But at the same time, it's like, where can you go in Star Wars that they haven't gone before? Like, they've already done The Clone Wars, they've already done uh, the events before New Hope. It's like, obviously, they would either do that or that, and they chose you know, a popular one or one that they can do a lot of things with. Well, that's the thing, though, is you could pick something we don't know anything about. Like, you have a whole galaxy. Maybe that's Ryan Johnson's movie. Yeah, and I think it will be. Like, Ryan Johnson, like, as much as we don't know anything (laughs) about that, it seems like Ryan's going to do something completely Mm -hmm. new. At least that's my hope. But I don't see any reason why at least one of these TV shows, like you're having the new cartoon and the new live action, like why one of them couldn't do their own thing. Like not everything has to reference the stuff that we've already seen. Yeah. I feel like that's their crutch. Definitely. That they're just like, okay, like we, we know that people like this and we should just continue doing it because people will like it because if they just do something completely brand new you know they'll risk because how embarrassing would it be for Lucasfilm to like start a series or something and have no one watching them having to cancel it like the first or second season like even you know Star Wars Rebels I almost feel like you know that could have been an embarrassment to Lucasfilm because like they knew that they weren't getting as many viewers for that but I don't know I'm talking out of my ass right now because I don't know the logistics of that but but like, I feel like that matters more on the quality of the mm-hmm. show. Like, there's going to be a lot of people who turn in no matter what because you have Star Wars in the yeah. title. And so if you have Star Wars in the title and it's a new Star Wars, I don't think people are necessarily... If it's a good show, I don't think people are going to turn it off any quicker than they would just because, oh, like, where's R2-D2? Exactly. I don't know though. That I'm excited. Like, don't get me wrong. Cutting edge technology. Like, fuck. Like something like the Jungle Book. Well, I still haven't seen the live action Jungle Book. But I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Is I mean, I don't know. He says he has like the first like half of the season written. I just I hope it's good. I mean, partially just because Star Wars or not, I like to have a good like 
action-y sci-fi show on TV. Yeah. I'm just excited because I haven't really been a big TV person in the past, like, year. Like, there isn't really any, like, TV shows that I'm like, yes, that's, like, my favorite. I watch it every whatever. But, you know, depending on if this is on the app, well, it's going to be on the app. But I don't know how they're going to either stream it or they're just going to have, like, one episode every week. Like, I think that's what Hulu does, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's all very vague in terms of how that streaming service is going to work. Well, it's Disney and Lucasfilm, so I'm not surprised at how vague they are. <laughs> Still no celebration announcement. Birthday, I'm calling it. May 25th. That's when they'll do it. I mean... God. Hopefully, at some point. Soon. We'll have to figure out the logistics and everything. California. It's probably going to be in California, Anaheim, California, coinciding with the opening of Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars town. <laughs> Star Wars town? <laughs> I don't know. Have you been to In-N-Out before? No, they don't have them out here. You've been to L- LA before, right? Yeah, but I was just there for a couple of days. I'll have to make you go to In-N-Out if it's when celebration's here. It's good. It's like a Shake Shack is like, because you guys have Shake Shack there, right? Their burgers yes. are good, but they do not compare to the greatness of In-N-Out. See, I just I can't possibly believe that because Shake Shack has the chicken sandwich, which is the best thing in the world. I'll try that then. I'll try that. And I'll come back. And Shake Shack, Shake Shack has a burger that has a burger patty and then a portobello mushroom stuffed with cheese and deep fried and they put that on top of a burger and it's insane so what you're telling me is that i have to go back to shake shack oh my god i love shake shack i'll do that on monday or that's tomorrow i have to run a bunch of errands tomorrow so and i love their cheese fries and i love the concretes are the concretes they're like, they're, you know, blizzards from Dairy Queen? Yeah. Yeah, they're sort of like that. I mean, they're much better because they use frozen custard. Hmm. And their the ingredients are just better. But it's that sort of thing, you know, McFlurry or any of those ice cream mixed with shit. I'm not a big fan of those. I'm just like, with, with Dairy Queen, I just get like the soft serve. Like, they have the best ice cream. Them, Foster Freeze. McDonald's has good ice cream cones, too. I like Dairy Queen, but there's not any in New York. It's fucking sad. Or there's, like, only one in New York. You need to get more in New York. Like, where do you go? No, it's crazy. Where do you go to get good ice cream? Well, Shake Shack or, like, ice cream places. Like, we have lots and lots of, like, you know, like, small batch artisan ice cream places. Well, you probably have those, like, fancy places, too, where you get, like, the fancy food items or, like, the the avant-garde food items that are like really good because i see a lot of those on those like crazy buzzfeed videos where they try things and they're like all right this restaurant's cool this is where you can get a 15 dollar hot dog or something there's also just really like there's just like ample hill is incredible ice cream i mean it's like ten dollars a pint but it's so good fuck 
And um, if you want, guess if you want like an ice cream sundae, there's um, what is it called? It's like called like the Big Gay Ice Cream Shop or something like the that. The Big Gay. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. And they have like they also have like a like a ice cream truck that's like all rainbow painted and stuff. Fuck yeah. And like one of their ice cream things is like named after B. Arthur, and they're just really really good. What's your favorite go to ice cream? Just like any kind any of ice kind. cream. I hmm. anything with lots of caramel. Hmm. Sounds good. Big fan of caramel. Hmm. How about you? So I have a couple. Like depends on my mood. So like strawberry ice cream, that's always great. And then there's Rocky Road, and that's fantastic. But if I really am feeling in the mood, so they used to have this like orange sherbet ice cream with like the chocolate chips in it. So good. So fucking good. But they stopped selling it here in California because Californians don't like good taste in ice cream. <laughs> so what I do is that uh, I make like a like a pie, like ice cream pie. So it's like I get uh, like Oreo pie crust and then get the or- like orange sherbet ice cream and then get dark chocolate chips. You can't get milk chocolate chips because like the dark chocolate, like it tastes better with the orange sherbet. You mix it all together, put it in the pie tin. You have a nice ice cream pie. And it's the best thing ever. <laughs> that sounds good. It is. It's fantastic. I love my sherbet. But yeah. What I wonder what ice cream flavors like Star Wars characters would like. I feel like Chewbacca would be a Rocky Road kind of guy. <laughs> Pork flavored ice cream? Okay, no. No. Chewbacca does not eat the porgs, I repeat. Okay, but he he totally ate a pork. He didn't eat that pork. He felt bad. He didn't eat he didn't eat that pork. I think there was a porg before that porg. I don't think. I literally think. That was a second helping a porg. I don't. Also, whether he ate it or not, he killed it and roasted it. I know, it. but he didn't, he didn't finish the act. Like, I feel like if he would have finished the act, it would have been, like, just as bad, too. But there's no canon proof that Chewbacca ate the porgs. And I will not stay silent until there is canon proof that Chewbacca ate the porg. And that Chewbacca is a, um, a porgivore. Well, he's a porg murderer, no matter what. I mean, we're all porg murderers here. Let's be real. But I... I don't know. I I say that surrounded by porgs. My... I haven't... I haven't uh, gotten a new porg in like a... I think about two months now. Oh, wow. That's good. I know. I think the last pork that I got was in, uh, I ordered it in, like, late February. It was my big chunky pork named Porg. <laughs> it's so cute. Like, it's it's a really cute pork. It's all big and chunky, and it's nice to cuddle with. But I don't have them on my bed anymore because I like to sleep well. But... I got my Porg mug, and then my sister got me that um, Her Universe Porg cardigan, where it has the Porgs on it. Oh, cool. 
Yeah, that's really good. I'll have to bust that out sometime. Maybe at uh, Steele's live show. Which, by the way, everyone, no, I'm kidding. But, no, seriously, go to Hollywood for uh, Steele's uh, live solo reaction on May 26th at 3.30 p.m. It'll be a fun time if you're in Hollywood. Actually, yeah, just anywhere. Like, if you live in, like, Nebraska, just fly to fly to L.A. and go. Like, it'll be worth it. I don't know why I was thinking. No, I think it's going to be a great show. Yeah. There's going to be so many people there. I'm so excited to meet... Uh, Eric Struthers. I'm so jealous. Oh my god. I'll feel his hair for you. Feel how soft and <laughs> great. But now we'll FaceTime I'll FaceTime you. I'll probably be very drunk by then. I'll be like, here's Eric Struthers. Struthers. Oh my god. And then Haas will be there. Jesse will be there. Will will be there. Oh, I love Blue Harvest. Like Oh my god, it's great. That's just, that podcast gets me through like the first couple hours of my work shift on Saturdays. Because Saturdays are the fucking worst. Probably because I'm so used to graveyards and when I go to like normal shifts, I'm like, oh, there's people here in the casino. (laughs) Oh yeah, I have to do my, no, no, I'm kidding. I always do my job, but yeah, but I put in Blue Harvest and I just, everything's okay. I know it's funny because like they've been talking about uh, California playlists. It's like I'm from California. So it's like I'm sitting there like, okay, like obviously the Beach Boys, you know, you have some Weezer, you have some uh, forget like what else they said. But it's all that matters is you have the Beach Boys. You're good. You're in California. The Beach Boys. That's all you need. But sounds about right. It's true. But um. Oh, you you uh you watched the Clone Wars. Yeah, I did. I finished up the arc with uh Krell, who was the big jerk general who I said last week I think he's gonna turn out to be evil, and he totally turned out to be evil. Um So basically in these episodes like you have they're still on this planet fighting this big battle and the clones disagree with his orders so a couple of them like go on on their own and do their own plan and even though they are successful um Krell orders them to be executed and then you have like Rex and some of the other clones struggling with those orders and then they not go through with them and like Krell sends them out to fight saying that the the people they're fighting have disguised themselves in trooper armor. But we find out what's actually happening is he's, he's also told the other, uh, like, battalion of troopers the same thing. So really they're fighting each other. And Rex figures it out and they all stop fighting. And then they go after Krell. And... We never get a particularly good explanation for why Krell decided to be evil. Like, why he turned as a Jedi. It's just sort of a lot of maniacal laughter. And, and you know, like, oh, this is the way, this is the way the future's gonna go, so I'm gonna be on the right side of it. But there's not, there's not much motivation to it, but he's just evil. Uh, and then at the end he gets shot 
by one of the clones, and then that clone gets arrested. They're okay. I like I like the clones in general. I like Rex a lot. I like Fives. And there's lots of them in these. Yeah, Fives was one of my favorite. It was Fives that was the one that shot him, right? Or uh, was it Tup or which one? No, it's um. Oh, I forget it. Let me look up his name because he. It was the one who. There was one trooper who had been like. No, we're gonna follow Krell's orders and does what he say because we you know we gotta follow the oh, general. It's always that one. Uh, dogma. Dogma. It's really sad, but you know, I go back to when I watched this episode for the first time, and I was really surprised because I feel like uh, he was in contact with Dooku, right? Yeah, but I don't think we actually see much of that or any of it. Hmm. Oh no, I don't even know if he was because there's some there's some there's some weird thing about there that he's like proving himself to Dooku by doing this, or that he's gonna go to Dooku after this. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I understood where he was coming from that. Uh, you know, he just didn't believe in, like, the Jedi's ways anymore, like, the whole... Because I feel like it was about, like, you know, they're fighting this battle that's, like, why the fuck are they doing this in the first place? It's like, he knows, like, I think he knew, like, which side was gonna win or something. I don't know, but... He was just a little over-the-top in terms of villains. He bugged me. Though he did have, he did have two double-bladed lightsabers, and that was pretty cool. That was cool. <clears throat> scary but cool two double blades like that's just too much it's a lot hmm. long arc dark arc but good arc I know I always never know how to you know or didn't know how to react when there would be an arc in the Clone Wars and it wasn't like any of the main characters. Like obviously like the clones are becoming or showing that they're becoming like uh, more important characters in the Clone Wars. But I always would either force myself to watch these arcs again to, you know, find appreciation in them or just be like, okay, well, it wasn't for me. Like I'll be very vocal on the arc that you get to that I, that I'm going to say this really wasn't for me, but. Okay. How soon is that? Um, not for another season. Okay. But, I don't know. This one, I don't know. It was always like, I don't know. Like, I get, what was I going to say? I don't know. I just hated Umbara. <laughs> I hate that planet. <laughs> Makes me sad. Just all gloomy and dark and shit. Yeah, just visually, it's really dark. I know. <laughs> Did you like how one of the clones referenced Anakin and how he blew up that Trade Federation ship from the inside? No. <laughs> I think that's stupid that they know that. Or that they had to reference that. Like, I think it's cool when they reference shit every now and then. But it's like, come on, we don't need that. Huh. Well, uh, do you want to get to our uh, monthly Mendo movies? Yes. All right. Insert Mendo singing here. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, oh, you're actually going to play it. Go where? I'm going to be the mind event. 
like no king was before. I'm brushing up, I'm looking down, I'm working on my raw. No one's saying do this. No one's saying be there. No one's saying stop that. No one's saying see here. Free to run around all day. Free to do it my way. I just can't wait to be king. I just can't wait to be king. Yeah, we're going to play that every time because it's amazing. Well, I'm aroused now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, so we watched Mississippi Grind, Mm -hmm. which is a drama from what year was this made? 15. can't believe I didn't write that. All right, 2015 with him and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Just overall, what did you think of this movie? Um... Initially, like going into it, I was really enjoying it, but the end really like made me really sad. Oh, the end is really sad. Like I, <laughs> I, I like, I like took a nap afterwards, and I woke up, and I was like, I felt just really shitty, just really like down in the dumps. Like I'm like, I need, I need chocolate, or I need something right now. <laughs> like I. Oh, but no, I really liked it. Um, my only complaint is that even though Ryan Reynolds did this part beautifully, he was too pretty for this role of this like kind of scumbag gambler who's uh, in love with a prostitute. Like I, uh, I just, I, I don't know. Like he's just too pretty, especially like, you know, he stood out throughout all those characters sitting at that first uh, poker or where they were playing Texas Hold'em or something. Yeah, time. yeah. So basically, just to just to give a rundown, you have it's uh, we open up in Iowa, and we have um, Mendo, whose name is Jerry, and he's using an American accent in this Ugh. film, and it's 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 pretty solid. I mean, I prefer his real voice, but yes, his accent is it it's it's pretty consistent throughout this whole movie, um, and you. S- like it opens with him sitting in a car listening to a like a tape of of like poker tips like on how to uh how to read people's tells and it's just i don't know it's automatically just sad cuz you just have right away you know who this guy is mhm and you know it's he's, he's going into this these this poker tournament everybody there knows him so obviously somebody's doing this a lot. And then, like, Ryan Reynolds shows up. And he's, you know, looking like Ryan Reynolds. Looking, like, very out of place in this, like, gambling den in Iowa. And I gotta say, like, I, I like Ryan Reynolds for the most part. He is very Ryan Reynolds in this role. In every role, he's Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> That's true. Like, so there's lots of, there's lots of, you know, lots of joking, lots of, like, irritating people. And, um, there's, I don't know, it's pretty interesting. Oh, his name is, his name is Curtis. And, you know, he buys, he buys Mendo, like, some expensive bourbon, and it's just, you know, it's just sort of, like, talking, and Mendo is obviously, like, intrigued by this guy. Um, 
And they end up, like, later they end up at the same, like, sports bar where we get even more Mendo gambling because he's been, he's been placing, like, bats on the game. Um, and they, you know, they sort of bond. Fall in love. Yeah, they really do. This is, I mean, it's very, it's a really serious undercurrent of that there. That's pretty funny. Because they don't do anything with it, but they also don't, they don't, like, d- distance themselves from it either. Yeah, they, I felt a attraction. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But no, like, they, they fit together very well, like, these two characters. Like, they shared a lot in common. Just, you know, they were better off together than they were alone. Like, you know, you would see Mendo and he was trying to, you know, get money back from his ex-wife and just saw how grimy and how desperate he was then. Uh, Yeah, because when it it sets up, which is Curtis has sort of at least presented himself as this guy who can just sort of gamble and knows when to walk away. Like, he's not like super, like like high stakes like rich guy he just sort of is able to you know casually come in and out and then you have like you know mendo who owes money to some people you shouldn't owe money to and like has to sneak out of town basically felt bad when he was stabbed yeah that was not great yeah he gets stabbed he gonna gets he gets like mugged in a parking lot. Did he lot. actually take his wallet? Unseen. No. At least not that we see because they then like he. So we see we see after after they sort of spend the night like getting drunk and having fun. They like um. They go to the they go to the dog races and they win some money. And, you know, and, and like, Mendo is the guy who just want to keep betting, keep betting, keep betting. And Curtis is like, no, you got to know to walk away. And, you know, Curtis says that he's leaving the next day and Mendo's really sad about it. And then he gets approached by this dude in a parking lot who has a knife. And some other guys show up and we see him get sliced. But we don't see him take his wallet. So... The next day he's meeting I don't I don't know the character's name but it's it's played by Alfred Woodward. It, at first it's you know it's set up to be like oh maybe they're friends and then you quickly realize no. This is this is like basically either his bookie or loan shark or somebody she owes money he owes money to. He says he only has $80 cuz he had 800 but he got robbed. Yeah, he's lying. And and basically, you know, he asks for a couple of weeks and she says, tomorrow or I'm going to, you know, have my guy come visit you. So I, I really want to compliment Ben Mendelsohn on playing this role of this a man just addicted to gambling because you saw like what this was doing to him and the people around him. And, you know, the the pathological lying, you know, like lying about, you know, oh, I was robbed and I got this amount of money stolen when he was talking to, um, talking to Curtis and being like, oh yeah, like I won, like I, I won. And it was, I don't know, like from personal experience of knowing people that are like pathological liars, like I think that this movie just really like 
made me just just really like damn like that just it's a really shitty feeling and it's a really shitty like situation that obviously he's putting himself into and you know we'll talk about like the end of this film and like how it made me feel but yeah like i at first i was like oh yeah it's mono Mendo, but like in the middle of this film i was like fuck like this mendo is really depressing me yeah because it's it's not that he's a terrible yeah. person like he is in animal kingdom he's just an addict and it's completely like destroyed his life it's really hard to see that like it's it's heartbreaking especially um you know going back to you know me working at a casino just i see what this does to people and i see people just sit at the same machine for like hours and hours of time and you know wasting all their money on you know just sitting there and it just it's like that hit close to home too that you know i i work in an establishment that promotes this behavior and it it, it just sucked, like, seeing Mendo like this. And, you know, even seeing Curtis like this, too, like, you know, he had that attitude, like, you know, I don't care if I lose, but still, like, he was almost as addicted as, well, not as addicted, but, dude, fucking Jerry would be like, he wouldn't be able to stop. Like, he would win, and then he'd be like, no, let's go, and then he'd lose everything. And then Curtis would be like, what the fuck? Like, you, when I say stop, you stop. Yeah. Um, and so basically the, the big the big plot thing in this movie is so they even though Curtis said he was gonna leave town, they both end up being back at this bar where they originally were talking and and Jerry says that it's a sign. He thinks that Curtis is good luck. Uh, Curtis had been talking about this, you know, this private game that he knew was run in New Orleans that has a twenty five K buy in. And and uh, Mendo's really into it. He really wants to go. And his plan is they'll drive there. And along the way, they'll make the money to buy into the game. But he needs Curtis to loan him some money to start. Um, and this is when, like, Curtis asks him how much he owes. And, and Mendo just says he owes a lot to everyone. <laughs> and so Curtis agrees to, to stake him, like, 2K. So then they then they take off and there's lots of them like, you know, driving. Uh Curtis is very uh annoyed and skeptical that this gambling tape that apparently Mendo just listens to constantly and is playing this whole road trip. <laughs> which I imagine would get old yeah. really fast. You know, and we find out that uh, we find out that uh, Mendo was married; that his wife left him for, I would, you know, obvious reasons. Um, we get at one point he gets he gets a voicemail from his job, you know, asking where he is and saying that there's some petty cash missing, and so it's just more and more of this guy's life completely falling apart. And along the way, so they're going to this, to one of the things they're going to hit is this riverboat. And they they meet up with some sex worker friends of Curtis, one of whom, uh, Simone, he is quite obviously in love with. But, you know, it's been like six months since he saw her last or something like that. 
Uh, and Curtis has this whole thing when he's like, because he's somebody who's just, he will just be done. Like he'll get to a point and he's just done with the place. And then I'll say it's Machu Picchu time, <laughs> meaning he's just going to take off because he has this idea in his head that sometime, you know, he's going to actually do it. But really, he's never going to. Um, and we get some we get some cute stuff with Curtis and Simone. They they they're obsessed with like factoids, like just little bits of information about whatever place they're in. Which is, and I don't know. I thought that was interesting. It sort of shows this is a guy who's never in one place for very long. And uh, Vanessa and Jerry. Uh, Vanessa Vanessa and is another one of these women and and he she obviously is really into Jerry and they they sort of flirt and are really cute um but Jerry's really like awkward about it um and at first like we see like Jerry like on this riverboat he's like doing really well he's actually winning a lot oh and then there's this cute um interstitial where when when they're all all four of them are hanging out together, um, when Curtis and Simone are up in one room, and Vanessa tells Jerry to show her a magic trick, and and he's like, I don't know any, you show me one. So she shows us one, and she brings out this kitten, and then we get Mendo with a kitten, and it's Just adorable. Just how caring he was with the kitten, like. Oh, just he was talking to it too. When men talk to animals and that like cute voice, like fuck me right now, like just fuck me. But <laughs> literally, like he's just so gentle with it. And then he plays piano. It just keeps getting better and better. And then we find out that he has a daughter, and it's yeah. very sad. Especially when he goes to the fucking ex-wife's house and tries to steal from her sock drawer. Ugh. Oh, it's just painful. Yeah, so, like, you know, there's just more of this. Like, we see him trying to bet on a sports game, but, like, the guy won't even take his money because, obviously, he owes too much, and they don't think he actually has the money to cover it. We see him, him playing this poker game, and he's all... And then he, like, loses on the final river card. But then he lies to Curtis about it. Like, Curtis asks him how he did, and he says that he won 20 grand. And so that's when he's like, I won 20 grand. This is a sign. I'm going to go to to Little Rock and make amends with my ex. And so Curtis is like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. We'll do that. Um, So they go off. You know, she's obviously, like, really reluctant to talk to him. Or to let him in the house. We learn that, like, he hasn't even, like, talked to his daughter in God knows how long. Like, he's just totally not part of her life. He doesn't even call. And so then, like, he's like, okay, can I go use the bathroom? And then he tries to steal a lot of cash off of her. And it's just, ugh, it's just unrelentingly... I just couldn't watch. Like, it was just pain just watch it. But, dude, yeah, like, she even opened the door and she just looked somber, like, those whole scenes. Like, she just looked like someone had just stabbed her 15 times, like, while she was with them. Like, he fucked her up. Yeah, like, again, it's like, this is just, this is a guy who has just constantly hurt and disappointed the people around him. 
And it's so easy to see that. And it's just so heartbreaking, too, at the same time, because you're seeing what addiction is doing to a person. Like, obviously, it would, you know, you, you normally see, like, drug addictions or alcohol addictions, but you don't really see addictions like this on the screen. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's a good one to see because I think it's one that's so it's one that's pretty easy to hide until mm-hmm. your life's gone completely. Like you hear about this, like people who have you know like completely like emptied their kids' bank account, like college savings accounts, and you know stuff like that. And the spouse doesn't even know until they get a call from the bank one day, or they you know their card is suddenly declined. It's it's heartbreaking and it's just it's so scary, you know. But Yeah, so like Curtis doesn't even find out the Mendo is lying about winning to this money until like they're in this casino hotel and Curtis tries to use like his, his players club card, but it's you know, it's like expired by a couple of years. So Curtis is like, Hey, just give me some money for the room and then Gary Jerry has to tell him that he doesn't actually have the money. Uh, and then, God, what else happens? Um, God. Well, there's a thing where, like, where Curtis sort of provokes these dudes in this oh, bathroom. Yeah, those. And then, so then they. Like, and then walks away while they beat the shit out of Jerry. I, that's crazy that he just, like, allowed, or he was just like, whatever. I wonder why they didn't beat up um, Ryan Reynolds. I think Mendo's probably easier to beat up. Probably. But. And, and you know, let's see. They they eventually, like, they, they go to this horse race in New Orleans, and... They sell the car. They, 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 sell, they sell Jerry's car... And they agree to bet on this horse. As it turns out, Curtis has actually bet on a different horse, the horse that wins, but he doesn't tell Jerry that. And he's like, basically what he tells Jerry is, you have just enough money to take the bus home. Go do that. Like, just go home. Um, but Jerry decides he's going to try to get in on this on this poker game that that the, what the original plan was so like tracks this guy's down he tracks this guy down and just shows up at his house <laughs> and and it's like i want to get into this game but then he's like he admits that he doesn't have he doesn't have any money not much less like 25k so the guy just like hits him and shuts the door in his face fucking mendo and like we see a little bit more that that, that of like curtis's gambling stuff too because he sort of, like, bets on this this one-on-one, like, pickup game. Just sort of, like, that he randomly comes across. And then he tries to renege on it, and the guy, like, knocks him down. And he, he sees all this cash that Curtis has, but he only he only takes the money that he would have won in this game. That surprised me. I thought he would have taken the whole fucking thing. And we find out that Curtis's mom is like this drunk at this cabaret club and then um we all we see like jerry at this casino and he you know he tries for this slot machine and he fails and like with the glasses money he puts uh on double zero on roulette 
and he wins. And he starts playing blackjack. And he's just, he's winning and winning and winning. And Curtis shows up. And they sort of, it was this neat little scene where they don't really say anything to each other. Like, Curtis just sort of sits down and Jerry tosses him a chip. And they play a grand and then he tosses him another chip. And then they start playing craps. And at this point, we see, we know that they have $285,000. And Curtis calls Simone and tells her that he loves her. And is like, pack a bag, we're going to go somewhere. <laughs> and, and they decide to bet everything. everything. And it cuts before we actually see the dice, but then we see them like eating like steak and lobster. And we've, they did a really cool thing here, which is this is when Jerry realizes how much he fucked up, which is even though they won, he realizes that he risked $285,000 on a roll of the dice. And it, and it's, he, it seems to like finally, like more than, more than losing ever did, this win seems to really affect him. It fucking him. destroys him. And, and, you know, he says, like, the one thing he wants to do is do something nice for his daughter. And that's when we find out Curtis never even knew that he had a daughter. Like, this whole time, like, it never came up. And, and then this ending happens, and it's just, it's just fucking depressing. Um, because, okay, so Curtis wakes up in the hotel room the next morning. Um, he gets a call from Simone, he turns his phone off, he's, like, obviously, like, hooked up with some random chick, he finds that, that Jerry's not there, you see him opening the safe, fully, fully prepared that all the money's gonna be gone, <laughs> but, but Jerry just took his half, and he leaves the rest with a note that says, Machu Picchu time, you beautiful loser. <laughs> you beautiful loser. And then he just goes and checks out of the hotel, like flirting with a checkout clerk. So that's just his life. Like whatever his, you know, these, oh, you know, Simone and I are going to, we're going to take off somewhere and we're going to do this and we're, you know, we're finally going to have like a life. There's just nothing there. Um... And then Jerry buys the car back that he sold. And it ends with him listening to the listening to the gambling tape again. And because it's talking about like what 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 confidence looks like and how, you know, what and like sitting up straight and stuff like that. And so you sort of see him like rolling his shoulders back and sitting up. And that's the end of the movie fucking rough like you know especially you know the end when they like they win and they both kind of just realize like okay like what was this worth like especially mendo's character like you know he's like you know to get back to my daughter then like curtis is just like you have a fucking daughter like just that was just heartbreaking in itself and the fact that you know it the ending was so big and the that you don't really know like what the 
two characters are going to do next. Like, I would almost guarantee that even though Mendo was, like, done with uh, the gambling, like, after listening to that tape, you could kind of see him start, like, sitting up again and just knowing that he was still going to be up to no good, even though he was, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to do it right oh, this time. He's probably said that so many fucking times. And, you know, same with uh, Curtis, you know, like he talks about he wants to settle down with this, with this prostitute. And then he goes back to, you know, flirting with or, or flirting with other women. And, you know, like you see a woman in his other bed or in the bed in the hotel room, like it just it's an addiction for both of them. I feel like, you know, definitely Jerry's character more, but Curtis is just addicted to that lifestyle. And, you know, and you see that his mother, you know, has addictions too. And they just, everyone in this movie is just so fucked up. Yeah. It's really, it's, I think it's sad because it's sad in such a, like a realistic mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of, it, it's a nice little fling. Like, it's not like this is the best movie I ever saw or anything like that. But it's it's a nice little drama. It's got good performances from both of them. They have really good chemistry together. Oh my god, I didn't think they'd have so much of a great chemistry together. Yeah, I was sort of surprised of that. I really, I really like them. And I think it's sort of, it's sad in the end because you, you realize that like, when you realize he didn't even know about about Mendo's daughter, you go, "Oh yeah, they're not they're not actually friends." Yeah. Like they got wrapped up. They're two people who have fun because they get all wrapped up and they play off of each other's Excitement. addictions and they have like have they like this they get these same highs, but that's that's all that it is. You know, just like. You know, two people doing drugs together, you know, it's like they share that, you know, high and this is like a drug too, but it's just gambling itself is just a terrible, it's awful. Like, like, God, I just, I felt so shitty after watching this movie. Like I, I'm glad that a movie is capable of doing that to me. Don't get me wrong. That a Mendo movie, but I'm also happy that he didn't die. This was the first Mendo movie that he didn't die, but I fucking died. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, like back when I, like when I was in high school and college, I worked at a, at a uh, supermarket Mm -hmm. and like the section that I worked in for a while is like where we sold the lottery tickets. Oh God. And just that is so depressing. Because, yeah, you like you do have people who just come in and get, like, one scratch off, you know, like, maybe, like, with their weekly groceries. The same people. But then you also get, like, the people who come in every day. Every day, they're buying scratch-offs. They're maybe making enough back to buy more scratch-offs. Like, you know, like, people who win $500 and then put that all back into lottery tickets. It's scary, like seeing that and uh, I don't know it makes me so sad like that this is such like a serious issue and that you know, I work in a fucking casino for god's sake so it's like I firsthand well not firsthand see it like you know I just hear about it and you know I deal with you know deal with it you know but it's just so sad for like whole, just the people just surrounding the person addicted to this like to this terrible thing but that's why I never 
yeah. never had any desires to like gamble and this movie reminds me why and you know you get that feeling when you're winning but yeah then you know like what I tell people about you know the people that win like thousands of dollars in my casino it's like they're spending that much money it's like they're not winning anything because they're going to go back and spend the money that they earned to do other things like there's uh, every now and then we get like 10 or twenty thousand dollar jackpots in our casino we don't really get like big jackpots I think the biggest I've ever seen was a hundred grand but you know I always tell people it's like they're not winning anything they're just using the money that they gambled from their previous win to do it again it's just it's a circle like they're not winning anything it's a lose-lose situation yeah but yeah i don't know good movie though depressing yeah i like this one if you watched us you know give us a shout on twitter or something let us know what you thought of it yeah please i'd love to hear what you guys thought about it what you thought about mendo in this role and yeah and maybe which one we should do next month. What's the one with um Where okay, so there's the one where he's uh dancing with the is that a dog or a cat with Ryan Gosling? The dog. That is um That is the place, place beyond, beyond pines. pines. And then what's the one where he's the gif of him um cheers or uh making a toast or something? Oh, that is from that's from uh, the TV show uh, oh. Bloodline. That's a Netflix show. You should probably watch Bloodline too. <laughs> How was that? It's good. Um, yeah, he's really good in it, and it's got um, what's his name from Friday Night Lights. Never seen it. But yeah, we'll find we'll find yeah. something. Watch yeah, if you month. guys have any Mendo movie recommendations, email us too or shout us out on Twitter. Uh, should we go to email? Yeah, let's go to email. Uh, do you want to read it? Yeah, sure. We got one from our friend Dom. He writes in all the time. We love Dom. Yes, Dom. This is Favreau's new shit. <laughs> hey, girls. So I know some weird shit has come from my direction lately, and it's like you've <laughs> become my brand at this point on your show. I've decided maybe I shouldn't go be in Dark Side King Tom. So I want the other Canto bitches to know I'm not a bad guy. Family man, two great kids, the same woman longer than Brito's been alive, middle manager, middle class, college grad, all that. This, this email won't contain phrases such as Sith dick and, ah, oh crap, I just said the thing I wasn't saying. <laughs> okay, well, look, you get my point. Anyway, I just wanted to chime in on the news that came out of John Favreau's new content. Putting aside the fact that, to the best of our knowledge, Favreau has a dick, he puts out a quality product. Fans have been wanting to know about what happened after Endor since Return of the Jedi ended. Getting a deep dive into what's going on in the galaxy far, far away after Jedi, op- after Jedi opens up a lot of possibilities and allows us to see the events that set the stage for the environment we see in The Force Awakens. Lee and Han's relationship in the early part of their marriage the early stages of the New Republic, Luke's continuing Jedi education. We may also have some more adventures with some familiar newer characters, such as Aiden Versio. It'd be pretty rad to see Janina Gavankar? I'm never sure I pronounce her name. Janina Gavankar? Jaina. Okay. Portray Aiden in live action. I know a lot of people are clamoring for Ray Sloan as well. 
I know we've had some glimpses into the time between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens in written medium, particularly in the excellent bloodline. But to see this time period covered in Favreau's series will add so much more, and could really inform the events of the sequel trilogy, as well as certainly introduce some new characters and worlds as well. Take care, Canto Bitch number one, Dom. Thanks, Dom. Yeah, I do... I do sort of wonder how much we'll see of the people we already know. Because, like, the show is not going to be about, like, the trio. It's not going to be about Han and Luke and Leia for for lots of reasons. But I wonder if we're going to be able to at least, like, hear about them? I would think so. I would assume so. You know, like, it's a big galaxy, but you have to know about the heroes of the the rebellion, you know? And... Race alone, that's, I doubt that we're going to get her in live action anytime. Like, I almost feel like these characters that we're getting in the books, but, you know, at the same time, we got Thrawn and Rebels, so it's hard to say, but I really don't see them doing that. I really see them doing, like, brand new characters. Yeah, I can see where Favreau would just want to do his own thing. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm hoping we get at least a little bit of Mon Mothma because it would no but I'm just saying if they're doing that time period and you're doing anything like remotely political we should at least be seeing her like as an occasional guest no that's why I was laughing because I agree like I think that would be kind of sweet like we get the same actress anyways because um Mon Mothma but yeah, I mean, I would I would be so down for that. That's why I was laughing, because I'm like, dude, I agree. Like, that'd be kind of cool to see some of these, like, older characters. But. Yeah, and so, yeah, so, like, I don't know. I go back and forth, because we were talking earlier about how we want to see, like, new, new stuff. But there is stuff in this time period that I'm really interested in. Yeah, and obviously the galaxy is, like, educated on stuff that's going on in the novel, so obviously I think that those would be referenced, you know, like, uh, a lot of shit was referenced in uh, the Battlefront 2 um, campaign that was, that happened in um, Chuck Wendick's books, you know? Yeah. Which is, that's huge, you know? But who knows? Like, I feel bad like making all these assumptions about the show and like it's not even out yet but eh fuck it I mean it is such a interesting era to do a tv show on because you could do just so much shit you know deep dive into what's going on you know like yeah and there's so many different factors into like what like there's so many different areas you could focus on and so much of that is you know sort of well, what kind of budget do you have? And and that... Well, dude, if but... Favreau's doing, like, the shit that he was doing in the Jungle Book, like, they're giving him a shitload of money. Yeah. But... Also, you know, there are the chances of him personally funding, too. Do you think? Like... I don't know. I mean, that seems like such a big project that you wouldn't be doing that. And someone like John Favreau, too, is someone who's experienced in doing this. You know, he did the Jungle Book. He's doing the Lion King, which <sighs> can't wait. But who knows? I mean, we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. But I'm hoping we get some some solid details. 
But I'm honestly, I'm surprised we know this much. I'm surprised we know anything. I just fucking love how they were asking Dave Filoni the same questions, and he's like, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. And then John Favreau's like, here. Like, that just shows... Just... Dave. Like, I just think that's so funny that John Favreau was just, like, so open. But I think that's cool, too. I like that we know as fans and, like, of lovers of Star Wars of what's what the fuck's going on you know like someone as secretive as dave gets annoying sometimes because it's like just fucking tell us like who are you playing here like dude all i want to know is what your show's about like you can fucking tell us like that I, like it's like if i'm gonna watch a tv show i want to know what it's about <sighs> dave well at least we know when this show fucking as our brother won't show up <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dom. Yeah. See you soon, Dom, I think. Yeah, I think you're going to steal the show. It'll be fun. I haven't seen. Dom's always, it's always fun seeing Dom at the live shows. He's great. And we got a voicemail from King Tom. I'm going to pull that up on my phone. Yay! King Tom. I saw that he got those uh, Lando cups. Pretty cool. Hey, Brito and Lindo, it's King Tom. I wanted to comment on a tweet from Emily. I believe she sent it out Friday that I thought was 100% correct and perfect and everything like that. It was talking about, um, was it Resistance or I think it was the new John Favreau series and how he said he's, you know, they're going to use cutting edge technology to make it visual. And I think Emily said something like, there's no reason that they shouldn't have one one or more of the main characters be aliens. And in the Star Wars universe, I completely agree with that. I mean, they, they've done a, a, an okay job, pretty good job of giving us, you know, Hera and Ahsoka, Chewbacca, um, and other characters whose names inexplicably end with A because they're aliens, I guess. <laughs> um, but if they're going to do, you know, like a Jungle Book or use that type of technology to make this show happen give us something focused on an alien main character i'm, I'm all for human um, characters of different colors sizes sexualities everything like that but i think this is the thing sometimes they try and make the universe so small where yeah and for cost reasons obviously they focus on the humans but it's a big galaxy there are Billions of worlds, a lot of them which are inhabited, um, you know, quadrillions and even more than that uh, number of sentient beings in the galaxy. So let's say see someone main, a main character who's not a human and and not just for the reason that, you know, we can talk about later if they're fuckable or not. Anyway, I am 100% on board with that and uh I, I know you already said it but i just wanted to say i agree anyway thanks for listening to me go on and thanks for a great podcast i will talk to you guys later or you ladies <laughs> later goodbye thanks, yeah thanks king tom and not just because you agree with me <laughs> but yeah <laughs> i don't know i i agree you know back to what we were talking about earlier like I don't know why Lucasfilm was just like, all right, but I think this is the perfect opportunity for them to do this since they have cutting-edge technology, you know? Hey. Yeah, 
So again, like I just hope we see that. Jar Jar was technically a main character in The Phantom Menace. Yeah, I guess. But he's not really like a... He's not much of like a viewpoint character. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was more of the comic relief too. Damn it, Brittany. Well, no, I understand. Like, he, he has a major role in that movie and you shouldn't like dismiss that completely. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking of like, you know, like the, the trios that we see. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously like Chewbacca's part of like the trio or, you know, the, the four, but like, you know, he doesn't say much. But, you know, he still just is a big part of the you know original trilogy cast but at the same time like it, we need a we need a, a fucking character that like yeah because yeah. like <laughs> i love chewbacca but what we don't see on screen and i'm hoping there's some of this in solo but we don't see chewbacca's story do you think we'll see that like a lot more in solo i don't know of a lot more but i do hope there's like at least a significant portion of it i mean we're seeing mala so I would hope that we get, like, a decent amount of Chewbacca story. Yeah, that would be good. Do you think he has kids? Oh, we know he does in uh, Aftermath, huh? Yeah. So we'll see. And, I I mean, who knows how much we're going to see of that in this movie. But I guess we'll know in a couple weeks. Can't wait. It doesn't feel like it's still. I know, right? this like past or 2017 is just like flown by like it's almost um it's like halfway through the month almost shit (sighs) but but yeah thanks King Tom for the voicemail yeah and if you want to send us either audio files like King Tom did or just regular emails uh you can do that cantobitepod at gmail.com yes you can also send us suggestions for top three rankings or fuck, Mary kill. We didn't have any of those this week, but when we get them, we'll do them. So keep sending those in. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at CantoBitePod. You can find me on Twitter at EFLind. Uh, you can check me out on my Star Trek podcast, He's Dead Jim, and my x-men slash legion podcast pod of future cast Brittany, where can people find you you can find me on twitter as canto brit and on instagram as Brittany the ginger yeah. yeah all right so thank you for listening and we will talk to you guys next week bye bye